I feel weird talking to myself about this. So let's just do this. Let's just get right into the episode here. Hello, hello, you are listening to Neophile, the podcast where we do your favorite thing for the very first time. What's that mean? I'm glad you asked. We get a guest on who's into something that we've never tried before, and then we go talk to them about it, and then we go try it, and then we come back and talk to them about our experience of that thing. On today's episode, I delve into a work of crushing existential dread made by the man who has basically been raising all of our children since 1969. But before we get into that, what's new, Paul? Paul? Paul's not here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to fool you. Uh, Paul's on a midnight train to Chicago, so I had to do this one all by myself. So, yeah, I'm not going to talk about soul food restaurants or anything uh, like that today. We're just going to get right into the episode. Uh, I talked to uh, a guy named Lee about a comic book. And just for your sake, the name of the comic book is Tale of Sand. And if you're interested in reading it, you should not listen to this podcast before you read it because we talk about the whole damn thing. So, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, let's just get right into this episode, uh, with me and Lee on Neophile. state your name for the record hi i'm lee Shirolis. Shirolis. i didn't know how to say that nice okay mm-hmm. lee mm-hmm. welcome to neophile hey jedi how you doing i'm doing all right i'm doing all right so i'm kicking these interviews off by asking uh people like how we know each other or how we met just to give people some context of who's who's on the show so mm-hmm. so uh how do we how do we know each other uh well actually my wife is going to uh programming school kenzie academy and one, she knows a. She was partnered with a photographer there who kind of tipped her off to your work. And she was like, "Hey, you should check out his Instagram. It's really cool." And I was like, "Oh man, it is really cool." So I started following your Instagram. Uh, just a so now I'm just a fan of your work. And then out at uh, just hanging out at Tappers, you know, for yeah. some drinks and pinball. Tappers, the arcade bar here yeah. in Indianapolis. Yeah, down in Fountain Square. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw you and recognized you from your Instagram picture, and the friend I was there with was like, you "Should go talk to him. You should tell him. You should talk shop. Like, go talk about artist stuff." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm I'm usually pretty socially <laughs> anxious, so I almost didn't do it." And she like kicked me in the shin <laughs> until I did it, and uh, I'm glad she did because then I got to talk to you about your podcast and learn more about your work, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, great, and I love I love when people. Uh, connect with me in public. It's pretty fun uh, mm-hmm. when people know who you are, and and uh, here you are. Now you're in you're in half my childhood bedroom. <laughs> yeah, on on Neophile. Nice so, studio. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you. Um, the last person that was in here was talking to me about a book uh, about a seagull, mm. which Jonathan, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. 
Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Oh, that's a good book. That's, that is my <laughs> wife's, one of her favorites. All right. Well, I'm going to read it here pretty soon. Excellent. Yeah. And and I have all these seagulls. Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah. I didn't even know. It's very subtle on the wallpaper, but yeah. 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 It's nice in here. Huh. Uh, so, but we're not here to talk about Jonathan Livingston no. Seagull. Different book. What do you got for me here? Okay. I reach into my backpack and pull out Tale of Sand. It is a graphic novel uh, based on a Jim Henson script that was never produced. Um, it's Jim Henson and his writing partner, Jerry Jewell. Um, Jim used to be, like, before, like, around the same time he was doing Muppets and Sesame Street in the 70s, I believe, he was also doing independent film. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a short film called Timepiece. Uh, I, I think I've seen that one. That is kind of a little bit surreal and a little bit kind of wacky, mm-hmm. like. But it, and it's, it stars Jim. He's running around. Yeah. Sometimes dressed as Abraham Lincoln. It's a little weird. It's yeah. It's I've seen it. I saw it back when uh, there was the the streaming surface film struck mm-hmm. that had like all the Criterion stuff and and a bunch of classic movies. That was one of the things that they had. And it's it's a very cool film. I recommend you look it up if you mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. seen it. And this is um, so. This was like the next one they were working on, and I think they pitched it to um, producers, tried to get funding for the film to mm-hmm. get it made, and uh, they kind of they revisited it every few years. I mean, they're still doing he's still doing Muppet stuff, and that's taking off, and he's but he's got other creative pursuits at the same time. And this film though never got produced. Um, I mean, like it just they saved the script, and there's like I think there's three revisions to it. Um, and then, uh, then it got rediscovered, uh, Archaea pub, Ooh, sorry, hit the pop filter. Um, <laughs> Archaea publishing, which does, who was known, I think they've been, um, incorporated into another comics publisher now, but when they were independent, they're exclusively known for only doing hardbacks on like mm. beautiful kind of a prestige print, like mm-hmm. graphic novel label. And this is a hardback. Yes, it is. And, uh, won an Eisner as well, which is one of the, the top sure. comics awards for just for, I think best graphic novel that year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a few years ago, maybe 2007, eight. I'm, I'm not sure when it was published. Uh... I remember being really excited about it. But like from my old desk, like I have a lot, that's my, my, uh, my timeline in my head is like, cause I've been at the company I work at so long, Mm -hmm. like which desk was I sitting at when I was excited about something (laughs) and it like helps me time date it. Sure. I kind of, I forget when that one came out. It looks like this one came out. 2011. 11. Okay. 2011 is what this one says. So yeah. So you brought me this book. It's a, it's a, um, uh, it's a yellow hardback rounded corners book uh like a eight and a half by 11 size maybe a little little taller taller, yeah nine by 12 something like that uh the the art on the cover is really nice it's a guy smoking a cigarette on on a on a a ledge he's got some lizards under him it looks pretty cool he's got a he's got a little knapsack and a uh, looks like he's smoking a cigarette which you know i'm not down Mm -hmm. with that but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it looks really cool. Um, it has a uh, it has a a purple rubber band that uh, is made to uh, hold the book closed. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this particular rubber band it's, it's a little little worn. It feels like yeah. a loved book. I love it though. I yeah. love that it feels like a. And you can it kind of has like a little bit of a a little bit yeah. of a fade on the There's cover. Actually, I think what happened was I had it on prominent display in my foyer. Uh huh. So that like we kind of have a chest there and some art on the walls. It's like a little entryway, but like we put our favorite books kind of like as you walk in my house, you see some of my favorite art and some of my favorite books. They're just there. Mm -hmm. And that one probably got some sun exposure 
And uh, I don't know if that did something to the elastic on the ribbon, mm, but it yeah. definitely left that impression where the cover faded a little bit and you can kind of see where the yeah. ribbon was. It's nice. It's nice as an object. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy – this is one of the nice things about having real books is that mm. you actually get to hold an object in your hand and you get to um, have that experience as well as the experience of the stuff inside. So uh, how did you – how did you come to this? Um, well, the I came about it because of the artist uh, Ramon Perez. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I've been following him. Gosh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Early two thousands when I found his web comic uh, Butternut Squash, mm-hmm. and it was just like me and my friends at the coffee shop, like kind of autobiographical, but not autobi- like because fantastic things would happen. But um, I just loved his art style and his humor was pretty cool. He's just a cool guy. And then I got into him as an artist. I found out he did a lot of illustration work for RPG books and uh, just he was a working illustrator. Um, So I kind of could like in web comics in those days was a lot of young artists. Um, We kind of got scared away from because it was so hard to get into newspapers to be a comic artist, like strip artist. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the Internet, people were just like, oh, I could just skip that step and go straight to the Internet and build my own audience Hmm. and uh so but i i was drawn to his as like a his his caliber of art was just another level like Mm -hmm. he was already a working professional i think and that's what made him stand out in the web comics world he wasn't so like a kid in art college who's just learning how to draw cartoons um he he just already looked so polished and professional um so i was hooked on his butternut squash web comic and then he had another web comic called Cuckooberry, which was it's kind of this fantasy very colorful like this just cool alt chick uh, who's a uh, delivery uh, person like rides around on a Vespa and she gets sucked into this like alternate world with all these talking animals and this giant scary skeleton man who's like this menacing presence through the whole book and uh, that comic like was it blew my mind uh, Mm -hmm. his work on that comic and sadly has not had a a page published online since I think 2008 Mm. 2007 or 2008 because he got uh, he started getting mainstream comics gigs. He started working for Marvel and DC mm-hmm. and doing a lot of paid work that just and, and you see that a lot in web comics. Like occasionally, an artist gets uh, some some work, some industry work, and then the Just for Me project kind of gets put on the back burner. So like Butternut Squash went away, Cougarberry went on hold. Mm-hmm. He did books like this, Tale of Sand, or you know his work for Marvel and. Um, every once in a while he, like, and I'd follow him cause I also, uh, self, I, at the time was self-publishing comics and would like go get his signature at conventions and just follow his work, whatever he did. And, um, he was just one of those artists I kept my eye on and occasionally he'd pop up on his blogs and be like, Hey, I started drawing Cuckooberry again. And like, like, you know, immediately 50 to a hundred comments of love Cuckooberry. When's it coming back? Like waiting for it, like love your other work too, but like mm-hmm. give us yeah, yeah, Cuc- yeah. Cuckooberry again. And like that just happened again, like a few weeks ago, he oh, popped yeah? up again as like, I'm like, I think he decided he wasn't going to publish any more pages until the whole thing was done. Okay. So he's kind of working it. I know he's got more work that's unpublished, but like eventually he'll just start dropping it online again. And like a bunch of fans will just come screaming back. That's great. That's great. When there's, you know, that, that person that has that thing that you've just been waiting for forever and it finally mm-hmm. finally comes out. Yeah. Like and like I'm sure like when you're not um constantly publishing a new thing every week, like because mm-hmm. right now that's how you build audiences online is just new content all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and most of his content is uh like published work, so you kind of have to buy it to see it. Sure. Um, he will publish like, you know, fo- like his Instagram is photos and sketches he does at conventions. But um 
like so you got to imagine and, and i've been through this too um during those hiatus periods like your audience drops off mm-hmm. you know but like it's so funny that like i'm totally one of his fans that will like i don't care if it's 20 years like as soon yeah. as he publishes yeah. a new page i'm like right there <laughs> yeah yeah or that's i buy a- his book like you know that's awesome i can't wait to yeah it in the book looks beautiful uh i'm excited i i flipped through it real quick didn't want to i don't want to i don't want to taint i don't want to taint the second interview but the little bit that i saw i think i'm really gonna enjoy this one mm-hmm. um so what's your uh brief broad strokes how your your beginning your the beginning of your relationship with comics okay um very uh like <laughs> very summarized version would be um i mean i've read comics ever since i was a kid um like on family vacations i remember buying random issues of Marvel and X-Men and stuff like just from spinner racks at gas stations as we're on like family trips. Sure. Sure. But so my, my comics collection as a kid was com- no connection, no connected issues. They were just random. Mm. Like I even had like Marvel UK stuff with, which were superheroes. None of my American friends knew uh-huh. cause they weren't popular here. And, but I never knew why people didn't know them. I didn't understand publishing. Sure. I was so young. I was just like, I'll grab that random comic and this random comic. I remember having Meteor Man number one because it like came out at the grocery. It was at the grocery store and it was uh-huh. a movie. But like <laughs> no one cares about Meteor Man, you know, uh-huh. like yeah. it wasn't one of the mainstream heroes. I just had no connection to real comics um, except for just buying random books when I was a kid. Then I think I reconnected with comics later as a teenager when like my mother and then later me, we worked at Borders Books and Music. So I got into their graphic novel section and discovered manga and anime and just started borrowing and buying like a ton of graphic novels that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that led me into like eventually back into mainstream comics a bit um, as an older, like a college student. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, I have limited experience though Mm -hmm. with, uh, other comics besides the superhero ones. I've I've read several, but not mm-hmm. nearly as many as I. I have a tendency to when I read comics, um, I went through a period a couple of years ago where I was like actually getting issues of like um uh like Outcast mm-hmm. and some other things. And it was fine, but it's so hard to just like read a comic book for 10 minutes and then be done with it and then have to wait a month yeah. or whatever. Um, so I love the fact that this is a book. Exactly. I mean, we talked a little bit about this before I decided, um, like when you pitched the the podcast and before I had really decided which book to bring. Mm-hmm. So I definitely thought about that. I'm like, I, well, one, I'm just myself am drawn to a complete story, like a, like a book, like one solid book. Um, I do collect graphic novels that are like series of graphic novels and I like, I create one myself, mm-hmm. but like. I, I definitely wanted, I thought for this format and for what I know about your interests, like, I think this would be a really fun read mm-hmm. and, and satisfying to, to do because it's like, it's like you said, you remember like just, you would plow through them like, and it's like minutes mm-hmm. and you're like done. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this book's got, um, it's a little light on text. So most of your time reading is going to be studying the visuals Love it. Uh, and they're really complex, really nice, surreal. They really take advantage of like a full page spread, like often. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just beautiful. And I, uh, if you can appreciate, and I know you're an artist, you know, you're uh, a photographer yourself and a ceramics. And um, I, I know you'll appreciate when you have to, like when you, I really hope you actually flip through it more than once because you'll pick up on, on different things each time through. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, great. Well, Lee, hmm. 
Thank you. Thank hey. you for being on Neophile. Thank you for having me. I'm going to read this comic book, and then we're going to get back together after the break and talk about it. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Awesome. See you in, in soon after the break. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hi, Jed. Welcome back, Lee. Uh, we uh, we talked just before the break mm-hmm. uh, about <laughs> uh, about uh, Jim Henson's Tale of Sand, this comic by Ramon K. Perez, mm-hmm. and uh, I read it, and I like it. Cool. So thanks for being on Neophile. Yay! <laughs> End of episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad no, no. you did. No, no, yeah, I di- I did enjoy it. Um, I will say that so I read through the 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 forward. Oh wow. Yeah, they, it's pretty long too because they had like three different people writing something at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um I read through the forward and it sort of outlined Jim Henson's career and talked about these other films. Mm-hmm. And I had already seen Timepiece. Mm. Um but I had not seen that that one The Cube. Have you oh, seen that? No, I haven't. See, okay. So they talk he, they made him it's and Jared. It's not the horror movie, The Cube. It's a different Cube, right? No, that's just Cube. Ju- oh, yeah. That's okay. just Cube, um, which is great. Yeah, I've seen that. I like that movie With a lot. With all the murder death traps. Yeah, and, and it's like- got the it's got the um, it's got the second Dax from Deep Space Nine in it. Mm-hmm. The that lady, Esri. Esri Dax. That's mm-hmm. the one. That's her name. <laughs> the actress. I on some, I feel bad now. I can't recall, recall the actress's name. Yeah, she's got a good one. I remember it's a good one. It's like something Dutch or something. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, but I, 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 I found there's a website. It's like not on anything um, useful, but there's a website that is just – has it. Mm-hmm. It's an hour long. To watch Cube? Yeah, to watch The Cube. Oh, okay. The Cube, the the, the Henson thing. And it's, uh, like, intense. Really? So it was made for um, NBC for, like, a, a like a short film thing that NBC did that was an anthology short film thing. Mm. And so it's a... Oh, from, like, different directors? Like... Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, in the 60s. And it uh, it's real, real dark and um watching timepiece timepiece has like kind of dark dark themes but it's funnier yeah this it's goofy like in the kind of sort of like random mm-hmm. um cube is a lot darker in tone and it's just this that's like this white cube and this guy sits in it and people keep coming in to the cube and he's like can i leave and they're like oh not through this door this is my door <laughs> um and they come in and they're like aren't you getting ready for the party? Put your coat on. We're leaving. And then they leave without him. And then he's stuck. And then like somebody comes in to install his telephone and like he picks it up and tries to call it. And he can only talk to the, the person that installed it. Like (laughs) it's, and, and he just like really wants to leave. And like people keep coming in and like, like a woman comes in and like sort of seduces him. And and when they start making out and then a bunch of scientists come in and like take his heart rate and his blood pressure and stuff. And the woman like stands up and is like, could you make out with the next test subject? Cause I'm tired of this. Like it's really, (laughs) it's, it's super dark. And then like spoiler alert, you get to the end of it and he like makes this big speech about like, I'm leaving now. And I know that I can like, all it takes for me to leave this place is to leave it. And he leaves. And like, there's a guy standing outside 
of the cube and he like walks him to an office and is like, yeah, you know, you you just sign these papers and you can go. And then like he disappears and he's still in the cube. And it's this like being trapped in your own thoughts, being trapped in a routine, like Mm. not being able to get out real bleak thing. Um, still, I'm, I'm, in, I'm sensing a pattern here, right? And so, yeah. Then I then I read Tale of Sand, and I can see this is a really interesting sort of mix of the two mm-hmm. tones of those two things. I can I'm reading this book, and I can see the uh, I can see it happen as a film. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, because they wanted to produce it. Yeah. yeah, I can see it as a film, which is really interesting to me. Um, yeah, it's beautiful, obviously. Yeah, nice, Ramon's work is gorgeous. Nice drawings. Uh, really good. Uh, really good storytelling. Um, there's a weird moment here where uh, at one point he's getting ready to light the cigarette. That, that that's one of the cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool thing too. You like the third all line. the the the. He gets a cigarette at the beginning and it doesn't quite get lit. And then for the rest of the book, he's trying to get that cigarette lit at different <laughs> points. And at one point he um, – and I didn't notice this. I, I read through it a couple times. I didn't notice this on the first one. But at one point he gets ready to light the cigarette and Smokey the Bear comes and throws a bucket of water on him. Mm-hmm. And then in the next scene, there's the the guy that's chasing him and he's in the Smokey the Bear pants. Oh, I didn't – I knew he had the the pants were from something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's a guy that's chasing him. His um, nemesis or, or yeah. his darker self. Yeah, his nemesis or his darker self. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let's let's sum this up for the people. Okay. Let's sum it up. So, um, so I think the, the main character's name is Mac. Main character is Mac. Uh, it starts off. He's uh, – in the desert and arrives at a town. There's a party at the town. Uh, Gorgeously illustrated party. Like I love <laughs> yeah. the jazz musicians mm-hmm. and oh my God. And the way they, they, he draws like the atmosphere of the music. It's just all like these colors, mm-hmm. these bubbly shapes and music notes flying and like people are dancing and having a great time. And it, like, I mean, that's a, it's a gorgeous sequence. Yeah. And it is. And it's also like non sequential in a way that a party would be. Mm hmm. Um, stuff happening all over. Yeah, there's there's stuff happening everywhere, and there's not really any particular order that you want to read it. It it you really take in a whole two page spread as one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really nice. Um, but yeah, he has a party, um, and then he meets the sheriff, and the sheriff gives him his instructions, which it's kind of railroads him into it. It's a very um, it's a very uh, like they mentioned that it's in the sixties, people were doing a lot of this like anxiety work. Um, and this is, this plays right into that where you have a character that's giving you instructions and you ask them questions and they ignore you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're feeling off balance. Like yeah. it's intent. They're intentionally like, we're not explaining what's going on. Um, but we're happy to have you and here's where you're going to go and mm-hmm. try your best and we're rooting for you. And yeah, you know, they're putting pressure on him. To do what he doesn't know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's fun. He they they give him a map and they say get to this get to Eagle Mountain and you'll be safe. And then they <laughs> that's vaguely threatening. They send him off. Yeah, they send him off. They're like, and they keep on saying you'll have a, you'll the, have a head start. You'll have a ten minute head start. And he's like, with what? And he's like, yep, ten minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
uh, fun thing is that they he gets the uh, he gets the lay, he gets the key to the city, he gets yeah, the, he's given these random items, these random items. He has a, a backpack that's full of random items. There's a big endless line in the desert. He crosses it, and then they tell him to run, and he runs. Um, and then basically it's him running away from this uh, skinny, well dressed. Uh, eye patched, patched dude. I think they refer to him as Patch. I mm, think. Interesting. I think. Um, I remember that from somewhere. And yeah, and he has all these. He has all these. Uh, um, but he looks like a cartoon villain. Like he's yeah. like goatee, eye patch, black suit, mm-hmm. slick back hair. Yeah, Aqualine. They they say in the in the things in the back. <laughs> hmm. Um. But yeah, everything gets used for the most part. Um, the, All the items, yeah, the, the, they, they pop the, up at random times. The key to the city gets used. The um, I don't know that there's a, there's a key. There's like a handcuff key or something that I don't see ever get used. I think it does. I, I'm trying to remember. Like it gets him out of the jail, maybe. I'm oh, trying yeah. to remember something like that. Um, there's there, like he has like a piece of a stop sign. Yeah, he, he, he uses it to get like uh, to to on this road. Like there's a stick in the ground. And he's like, oh, he puts the top of the stop sign on it, and then a car stops. Yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere, yeah. there's traffic, and he's trying to he's trying to hitch a ride or something at that point. Um, but, but it all uh, goes wrong at every turn. Like, but yeah, uh, and the and the car that stops is actually the guy that's chasing him who lets out a lion. But then it's really interesting because like he keeps on he keeps on being in danger. But he doesn't – you don't really get the sense that he re- ever really is because there's times where, like, he does not do anything to save himself, but he just mm. gets saved. Like the – It's like either luck or, like, he just barely gets away or – Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, um, like, even with, like, the shark in the pool, it's like he, – like, he, he climbs out before the shark can get him. Uh-huh. And, like, it's kind of ripped up his boot. But, like, yeah, it never felt – Yeah. And there's a point where the lion's getting ready to kill him, and then just like a an African safari guy comes and shoots the lion and yeah. loads it up on his car and takes it away. <laughs> and he like drives away. So like saves him, but also doesn't help him. Like not giving him a ride, not gonna, you know. It feels like it feels actually I just had this thought. It feels like total recall. Um hmm. like because that movie is so much um you're supposed to, and I didn't realize this when I was a kid, but I've realized it since then in reading about it. And like, when I say realized, it's like I read this and was like, oh, of course that's what it is. That mm. Total Recall is like you're supposed to question as to whether like that really happened or if that's the thing that he paid for. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, like here's this guy that's supposed to be just like an every guy type mm-hmm. person i mean in total recall it's arnold schwarzenegger so you you're like he probably like at least when it comes to feats of strength he's probably going to be okay but um <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah he always he like makes it all the way through and it's like did you make it all the way through because you're good or did you make it all the way through because it's this, orchestrated for you this is orchestrated absolutely for you it kind of does seems like just enough to keep him going yeah like all these it, it's like they're hired actors to per- propel him through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the game. The yeah. game's another great one. I mm. love that one too. Um, there is one part that's really weird in here that I don't quite get. Um, Mac is asleep and the the patch uh, drops a bomb by him. And Mac wakes up in time to throw the bomb back at Patch. And Patch climbs out of the hole that... Uh, the bomb made and then gets married 
It's really weird. Oh, wow. There's this really... I'm trying to remember that sequence. There's like, yeah, it's like he picks up this bomb and throws it at Patch, and Patch like gets up and dusts himself off, smiles at him, and then the next page is just all of a sudden Patch is getting married and clinks champagne glasses with the blonde who keeps mm-hmm. popping up, and Mac runs away from the wedding, and like that's the move. And the and the woman is the dove, and he's the snake, and mm-hmm. um, this is image. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird it's a weird moment. But then he comes to the road, and then he runs into them in the limo, mm. um, on their honeymoon, presumably, and they let a lion out after him. And they're almost like really enjoying the fact that they're doing confusing stuff in front of them and not explaining themselves. Yeah, they like they yeah. really get like the uh, he's just. He's like, I bet none of this makes sense to you, and we're not going to explain it. And there's so much, yeah, there's so much Muppet comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You there's, see Henson in it, for sure. Yeah. Um, the the sequence where uh, he's thirsty, and he sees a man running through the desert with a block of ice. A big a, block of ice. A big, big block of ice, and it's getting smaller as he runs, and he gets to the blonde by the pool, and it's just an ice cube at that point, and he drops it in her glass, and, <laughs> and there it is. It's gone now. Um, but yeah, more running, more running. At one point he gets to the, uh, he gets to the French restaurant that's in an outhouse. (laughs) Um, he, uh, uses a sound effects record to explode a tank. Um, oh yeah, because he finds out like the records like happen. Like whatever it says on the record, when you play it, it does it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a stampede on one side. Yeah. He he causes a stampede. (laughs) Um, I tried to look up, I tried to look up the Arabic in this. I assume it's Arabic. There are these Arabs, uh-huh. um, and they only speak Arabic, but you can kind of tell what they want because they're yeah, pretty, they're word balloons. They're pretty. They're pretty um, blo- threatening. Um, they're pretty broad, one-dimensional Ar- <laughs> Arabic characters. Um, the thing that's really cool, though, is when um, it's not really well explained, but uh, while the Arabs are chasing him, um, some football players run into the Arabs and then the football players are chasing Mac too. And the football players only talk in football plays. They're, yeah. They're, <laughs> Their word balloons are just X's and O's and arrows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is pretty amazing. Um, there's a part point at which like he, a golf ball lands in his feet and a woman gives him a whistle. And then later when he's in trouble, he blows the whistle and a, and a cavalry shows up. Mm. Oh yeah, he helps them find their ball. And it's like yeah. these two old ladies. They're like, oh, thank you, young man. You found our ball. And then they... Yeah. They hit it and walk off. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gets a little token of, like, a, an item that'll be useful. Yeah. And <laughs> and everywhere, yeah, everywhere along the way, the the patch guy is um, he's on paying the, people. He's paying people. He has wads of cash. He has wads of cash, and he's paying all these people that, that um, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is so weird, because, like, what are they, like, like, because, like, Mac isn't seeing them pay Seeing him pay people. I think he does. He does like, like at one point he like looks back over the hill he just ran away from and he's like seeing him. I think he does see him do it at least once. Interesting. Yeah. I Like it's just, it's interesting. And Mac has like nothing. He has like six bucks. Yeah. Mac has six dollars, which causes him trouble later. <laughs> um, the, uh, he goes to this ghost town and finds this guy that talks too much. And I really like the way that. There's a this character is an old guy in a bar in a mm-hmm. in a rundown bar and he talks too much and they do a really good job of indicating that he talks too much by having his words like go beyond the the, the word balloon the yeah. word balloon 
It, like, so you so can't you, read every word, but it's like there's more words than you're hearing. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and it's uh, it's 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 it a does very a great job of conveying babble. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, great visual language there. Um, but yeah, then he runs and runs and runs. Oh, I love I love that page. This like, one, yeah, the, just all the detail and the coloring on that. Just that page pops for me. I love yeah. that. It's like a busy bar scene. I think. Yeah, it's a busy bar scene from from the top. It's like an old west saloon, and there's. The football players are in there trying to find him, I think. Football players and Arabs and, um, yeah, just a, a, a crowded bar scene of, of disparate people. Yeah, it's, it's a good looking it's a good looking one. Um, yeah, the art throughout is, I just love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great art. Um, I like what they do with this blonde. The blonde has a different, different look in every, every appearance that she has, um, yeah, he's getting ready to be hanged, and and they oh, somebody they catch him. Yeah, somebody shows up and and says untie him, and then they're gonna have a gunfight in the in the street, and then some like I don't know World War One soldiers show up and shoot at him, and he just runs away. Like yeah, there's this like there's so many times where he's 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 caught, <laughs> but like he just it's like um, there's a Jim Jarmusch movie called Down by Law. I haven't seen it, and. Um, in it, there's uh, the three main characters are in prison at one point, and they're like, um, uh, "We're we're gonna break out of here." And instead of it being uh, like normally in a prison break movie, in a movie <laughs> normally in a movie with a prison break, mm-hmm. there's like some showing of a plan or something. Yeah. Um, but in this, it's literally a scene where. And I haven't seen it for a long time, so maybe not literally. But it's to, as my memory serves, it's a scene where they're in jail at one point. It's like, hey, I got an idea to break out of here. And then cut to the three of them running down a tunnel with like sirens blaring in the background. Like They're already out. They're already out. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – and my friend Dwayne, I remember I was talking to him about it. Uh, we, we were we were watching that, and, he, and he's like, I can just imagine the writer sitting there being like, how am I going to get out of – how am I going to get him out of prison? Oh, I know. I'll get them out of prison (laughs) (laughs) and wrote down as they get out of prison. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he gets, he gets away, gets a bicycle. He buys a car for $6 uh, and drives away, drives away, chase, chase, chase. Yeah. There's a big, like, like there's like 10 vehicles chasing him, like a fire truck and the tank and like, like all the things like that. Um, He's driving the, the bad guy's driving that limo thing. I think it's it's like a, it's like a it's like a cross it's like a crazy race. It's a cross between a Duesenberg and the Batmobile from yeah, Tim Burton. It looks band. so cool. Yeah, it's pretty rad. And then he steals a nitroglycerin truck, which I feel like that's irresponsible of what other company was like left it there. Was well, I mean, just like to haul nitroglycerin in a tanker truck seems like a bad idea. There was a I, there was an old movie about that about these guys that had to like get it through a mountain pass without it exploding and it's a truck of nitroglycerin I remember my dad made me watch this movie it's like a war movie <laughs> I don't like but like apparently trucks of nitroglycerin were a popular image of like imminent danger I don't know it's so Looney Tunes really he like yeah. finds this truck of explosives yeah yeah um and yeah the uh the the patch follows him in a fire truck and then it blows up and Patch lives and comes up to him and takes the patch off and patches Mac and Mac is Patch and and then the blonde comes up and takes off her clothes and she's naked for a frame but then she unzips and she's also Mac and Mac runs away and <laughs> <clears throat> yeah her skin unzips yeah her skin unzips 
And then uh, Mac finds the line and crosses it, and they're having a party for him. And then the sheriff is like, let me give you your instructions. And that is the end of the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's this cyclical thing, though. You know, it begins with him arriving at this town to a party. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I will say is that he doesn't cross a finish line that we see. When he comes in the yeah. first time. He do it doesn't seem like he's just lived through what he's lived through. Exactly. That's what I, I was thinking about that, too. Um, when I was because I'm obviously it like comes back around to it's supposed to bring it full circle. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't look roughed up or confused or like like you would feel like, God, I just lived through all of that. Mm -hmm. And then he because when he arrives, he's kind of like, what's going on? Like mm -hmm. he's, he's kind of politely confused. I think I think you could you could handle that. Um, I'm wondering if it was his first cycle. Yeah, I, but I think you could handle that. Um, and I think I feel like waiting for Godot does this like this. There's a lot of waiting for Godot in this. Mm. The um, the Beckett play where it's just these two characters. You Are you familiar? No. Vaguely. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, I know of it. It's It's just these two characters that are talking very fast and like really vaguely about waiting for this guy and they but they just keep on repeating the same things over and over to each other and the guy is clearly not showing up and mm -hmm. um it's it's this very like futility of existence kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing if there were a moment where it became clear that like he forgot what he just went through mm -hmm. i think it might work a little better in that way Mm. Um, there's a, similarly, there's a, um, in the show Angel, there's a part where one character is being punished mm -hmm. and his punishment is this every day he, um, has this, uh, moment where he's in the basement of his nice suburban home. He has a wife and kids and it's great. And He's like down there for some reason and he can't remember why. And then his wife is like, hey, did you get those light bulbs? And he's like, oh, yeah, I got it right here. And comes upstairs and like has breakfast with his family or whatever. And then he has to go downstairs to get something. And when he goes downstairs, there's like a demon down there that ties him to a table and cuts his heart out. And then he like a new heart gets put into him and then he stands up and he's all sewed up and can't his, remember why he's there. He can't remember why he's in the basement. And there's like a moment where like his pain turns into confusion and he's like, why am I down here? And then, and so it just keeps happening over and over again, but he forgets it every time. So he doesn't know, <laughs> he doesn't know that it's happening, which is, which is an interesting punishment. But yeah, this, this sort of had that feel of here's this guy that, that that forgets that he's in this, in this cycle. But also it, it kind of makes sense why he's never fully caught or hurt or killed mm -hmm. or like he, they almost need him to get away so that it can, it can continue. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that, there's not really much of a hint of this. He does finally get a cigarette lit, which is nice. Mm -hmm. It is nice that they, that they finally got a smoke. Yeah. That, um, the, um, that's the kind of thing that, that stuff like this doesn't always do, mm -hmm. you know, what, follow through on a thread. It doesn't. Yeah. It like, um, if you really want to make this bleak and terrible, <laughs> you'll like, you'll like, let him get it lit. And then it'll like, you know, a seagull will come and like, <laughs> I snatch was just it out thinking of a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. The uh, that seems suitably Looney Tunes for, for, <laughs> yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, um, but yeah, like overall, definitely worth a read. Um, uh, if you're into beautiful illustrated like stories, but yeah, this is yeah very well executed. I'm really glad you brought it to me. Um, I I very much enjoyed it. And when I said I was going to do comic, what were you thinking I was going to bring? I had a feeling that it would be something like this. These are the comics that I like. I like comics that are that really tell a story as opposed to um, just show a character. Mm. Here's all these great characters. Look how powerful they are. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's things for them to overcome, but it's like, it's about next episode mm-hmm. our same characters are fighting more bad guys yeah like yeah i i, I mean i i read all those kinds of comics when i was a kid too but like the ones that really are more interesting to me are like these like a single graphic novel one story beginning to end and uh, i don't know they like I, I think they can have a bit something more interesting to say than look how powerful i am mm-hmm. yeah definitely i couldn't agree more that being said i like two weeks ago, bought tickets to Avengers Endgame for, <laughs> for Monday. Mm-hmm. And it came out on Friday. And I have yet to see it. Like all day. Well, yeah. I mean, it's only been, it's been out for three a, days. A day. It's been well, out I think for, people were seeing it Thursday night, oh, like right yeah. at midnight. So like, I guess it did, it did come out Friday, but Friday and Saturday. So it's been out two days, two mm-hmm. and a half days at this point. And I got tickets to see it on Monday. I was like, ah, I don't want to go on the weekend when it's going to be all busy. Like, you know, whatever. And then Friday came and I'm like, I could just go see it today. <laughs> but I didn't. And then Saturday came and I was like, I could just go see it today. And then I was like, no. Nah. And then I looked and it was really crowded. And I was like, I'm going to have to sit right next to the screen. Like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And then I'm sitting in my house at like 6 or 7 p.m. And I'm like, let me just see when the... 11:30 show like let me see how full the 11:30 show is and i was like oh that's that's right in the middle in the in the like middle of the theater like okay <laughs> <laughs> and like so you went last night and like an idiot yeah I w- i'm going on monday i've got tickets to go on monday so you're going again um yeah uh but i also just went at 11 i went to a movie at 11:30 <laughs> like i'm not 19 like that's not something that I do, but uh, I did. I went to I went to it eleven thirty. You must have not gotten out until like like gotten home till like three. Yeah, oh, it was about two thirty. Oh gosh, two thirty three. Yeah, yeah, three. <laughs> yeah, um, it's good though. I mean, like, yeah, well, like, and and all that said, I am a fan of the Marvel movies and I enjoy them a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. They're real good. But and I'm not going to read like 20, 30 years of, of like Avengers backstory. Mm, like I'm, I'm not no, into the floppy no. comics. I'm not going to go read the giant omnibus, like ultimate, mm-hmm. like ultimate this character, ultimate that character. Like I'm just, floppy, that's, not, that's not my zone. Floppy comics. Is that a term? Floppies. You know, that, yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people use it. <laughs> I'm probably using it anac- anachronistically. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like, yeah, I, I, I like terminology like that. I, I like to listen to Away With Words, that, mm. that radio show. Mm-hmm. They were just talking to a, a guy that was a train engineer, and he was talking about some of the things like um, uh, like at the end of the day, they used to call the, the locomotive the iron horse. So at the end of the day, to this day, train engineers, they don't 
clock out. They 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 tie up or something like really? that. Yeah, they call it <laughs> they call it tying up. And if they and they don't go to they they don't take like lunch breaks or anything. They go to Beans. They're like and they're like I'm going to Beans. Like that's the that's the term for like I'm going to go have a meal. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to Beans. I think most people will call it issues, not floppies. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I do love those. Uh, I do love things like this, though. So I'm I'm glad you brought this, and you can bring another one anytime. Oh, awesome! Let's why don't you tell the people where they can find your stuff? Oh, okay. Uh, you can find my work at littleguardianscomic.com. Uh, I'm the illustrator, and then my best friend Ed Cho is the writer. It's an all ages graphic novel series about village kids fighting demons badly. <laughs> it's kind of a fantasy tale I like it I like mm-hmm. that sounds good um, to Lee thank you thank yeah. you so much for Thanks, being on the file yeah. yeah this is fun yeah great times good times great oldies <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I have to do some public performing. Let's put it that way. I'm going to have to do some public performing. Watch our Instagram page because that's the, the main thing where you'll be able to see um, me do public performing for this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, see you next time. <laughs>